recently when I, when I was, you know, the radical left was saying, is he over there, is he over there, and I proved I was over there because I ate A medical, a medical center, center uh, in front of doctors, doctors and, and they, they were very, very surprised. They said, that's, they said an that's an unbelievable, unbelievable thing. Rarely, rarely does anybody do what you just did. did. But he but should he take should that same test, but he hasn't taken any cognitive test because he couldn't pass one. I actually took one when I, very recently, when I, when I was, you know, the radical left was saying, is he over there, is he over there, and I proved I was over there because I ate it, I ate the test. And he, and he should take, should the, take same the same exact test, test. The very standard test. I took, took it at Walter Reed Medical Center in front of doctors, and they were very surprised. They said, that's an unbelievable thing. Rarely does anybody do what you just did. But he should take that same test, but he hasn't taken any cognitive test because he couldn't pass one. I actually took one when I, very recently, when I, when I was I proved I was over there because I, 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 I ate the test, and he should, and he take, should the take the same exact, exact test, the very standard test. I took, I took it at Walter Reed Medical Center in front of doctors, and they were very surprised. They said, that's an unbelievable thing. Rarely does anybody do what you just did. I actually took one when I, very recently, when I, when I was, when I was you, know, you know, the radical left was saying, is he over there, is he over there, and I, I proved I was over there because I, 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 I ate the, I ate the test. test. And he should and he take should the take same the exact test, the very standard test. I took, I took it at Walter Reed Medical Center in front of doctors, and they were very surprised. They said, that's an unbelievable thing. Rarely does anybody do what you just did. But he should take that same test, but he hasn't taken any cognitive test because he couldn't pass one. I actually, I actually took, took one, one when I, when I uh, very recently, when I, uh, when I was, when I was you, know, you know, the radical, radical left was saying, is he over there, is he over there, and I, I proved I was over there because I, 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 I ate the test, and he should take the same exact test, the very standard test, I took it at Walter a medical center in front of doctors, and they were very surprised, they said, that's an unbelievable thing, rarely does anybody do what you just did. But he but should he take should Hi, this is Rick Moranis, and you are experiencing a communication breakdown with Chris T. Aerial View with Chris T. Live. End Times. Talk Radio. Friday! 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 760 You have a podcast. Cool. Oh, yeah, I invented them. We really just need you to tap the mics and say, test, test. Put the hook in there. I'm a costume. Man. 
way on both the right and the home service. Is the state of New Jersey and I don't care who you are. Chris, let's talk. I'm sick of talking. You get the I know how to talk to people. I got this man go on the air, deliver a coded message. You're out of your mind. I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on. Now, we're going to listen to what he said on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time against a man's life. I don't see that as any argument. I have seen you. I'm surprised. This is an unbelievable thing. It's okay. Hello. Something to live for. You think it was some beautiful missile? Apollo, steady, Grace. Chris, stand up and wiggle your hips for us. I know that guy. But we're dull and bored. He's a nihilist. And I'll smash your face for you, y'all blockos. But you stop, Dan. Stop it. Shut up. Conversation is a two-way street. I'm okay. I don't get you. I don't get your act at all. And I don't think you do either. I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. You're stupid. I heard it over the radio. Real stupid. I'm not just talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Finally! You will not take me off the air for now over any other spaceless time. I'll teach my voice wherever I please. I just hope this man realizes that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Auspicious beginning. Sure, the talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. America, America is the strongest and most prosperous nation on earth. America is not going to be destroyed. I wish you for your sake it were true, for your belief. Because America is a very great and you're too right, it is. It's a wonderful idea. But Rome was destroyed. Greece was destroyed. Persia was destroyed. Spain was destroyed. All great empires are destroyed. Why not yours? We are going to survive and triumph for a long, long time. <laughs> you put so much stuck in winning.
want every American child to have access to pristine outdoor spaces. When young Americans experience the breathtaking beauty of the Grand Canyon, when their eyes widen in amazement as old faithful bursts into the sky, when they gaze upon Yosemites, Yosemites, towering sequoias, their love of country grows stronger and they know that every American has truly a duty to preserve this wondrous inheritance. And that's what they're doing and that's what we're doing. We're preserving an incredible inheritance. Shifting production to Thailand. Oh, Jesus. I really just can't take it anymore. It's 88 days from today to the election, and I just, I've, I've fucking had it. I've had it. I'm fed up. I can't take this moron anymore. I can't take this immoral, incompetent, corrupt criminal any longer. I'm losing my mind. I just, just end it. Well, someone take a lamp or a bottle or something and end this. <sighs> you remember that? Little Anthony Fremont? Oh, yeah, that's the kid we named. We named that kid right about now. We shoot into the cornfield, son. We shoot into the cornfield. It's Aerial View on thehoundnyc.com. Every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. No matter how bedraggled I am, no matter how tired I am, no matter how little sleep I got last night. Just friends, I, I, I'm not really sleeping. I'm hearing it all over, by the way. It's not just me. We all got the insomnia. We're all fucked up. So we're living through a pandemic and it sucks. And life is on hold and we don't know what comes next. None of us. We can't say. We can't see around that corner. Because we have a nation that's gone completely and firmly off the rails. All because some Republicans want to give some tax cuts to people who are already wealthy. And uh, lock in federal judges so that they could destroy the social safety net as we know it. What you call They've been trying to do it ever since FDR. Remember on All in the Family? Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The way Archie would say it. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, that guy. They hate that guy. Because he was... Uh... You know, he was patrician. He was a patrician, what you call. But he was tempered by his polio, see? And he, and he knew what it meant to suffer. And he, and he wanted to do what he could for Americans. The, you remember the freedoms? I don't know how many there were. Four? Seven? I don't know. But essentially, FDR said, you know, people should be free from these things. They should be free from hunger. They should be free from want. They should... Be free to be you and me. Whatever it is he said. And then, and we're nowhere near that. Freedom of speech. Freedom of worship. Freedom from want. Freedom from fear. 
The four fucking freedoms. Where are those? I mean, personally, I don't care about the second freedom. Freedom of worship, I, I don't really care. I tell you, there there is no God. I mean, if you mean like in a cosmic sense, if you mean God, and when you say God, you mean the cosmos? Sure, why not? The cosmos. That ineffable, mysterious force. You know, like the force. Maybe that's what you mean. The number here, by the way, this is a phone-in talk show that happens live every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time here on TheHoundNYC.com and replays Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time here on TheHoundNYC.com and it becomes a podcast in between those. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all that shit. But for me, it's always been about the live show. And speaking of live, The Hound returns Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, live in the studio. And uh, followed, as always, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time by Mark and Miriam crashing the party. The doo-wop chop shop of the air. You got those doo-wops on vinyl? Next time you pass your local record store, if they're open... Put on your mask and go in, and through your mask, say, You got those doo-wops on vinyl? I really hate this time that we're living through. Every time I leave the fucking house, I gotta think. Like I'm going on an extra-vehicular mission, or whatever whatever NASA calls it. Extra-vehicular activity, an EVA, whatever the hell it is. It's not even NASA anymore now, it's Space Fucking X and Elon Musk. Every time I open that door, I, I gotta think, there's germs out there that are trying to kill me to COVID-19. And I, I gotta put my shit on before I leave. I gotta put my mask on. And I see the boxes getting depleted. The box of those blue masks. They're, they're not worth a shit, really, probably. I bet some really... <laughs> Some really tenacious COVID-19 could get through that thing. I have no doubt. And then I, I go out in the street and I, 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 I scowl at everybody that doesn't have a mask on. And I think, why the, why, why, why? What are you, too good? What are you, a Republican? What's your problem, pal? It's always some douche walking their dog. Because you know dog shit outside. I mean, say what you will about cats. I know a lot of people... I. I Please, don't even get me started. We, we got a house full of cats right now. We got, like, kittens on board now. We got we got our new guy, Martin. Welcome to the family, Martin. Hope you enjoy it. Hope it's everything you wanted in a home, a forever home. And then we got a visitor. We got Patrick, who even through my headphones right now, I could hear his little cries. They got the snip-snip yesterday. And, you know, I found out today that uh, even after a male cat gets the snip-snip, it can uh, still be fertile. Is that the right word? (laughs) For four to six weeks. Can you imagine the snip-snip? Doesn't take uh, root for four to six weeks. And Roger doesn't know what to make of any of it. Roger's walking around like, huh, what, huh? 
I mean, thankfully the cat doesn't know that we're going through a pandemic. I don't have to sit a, uh, sit the cat down and explain to Roger. Now, Rog, this is what you call a pandemic. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's it, the world's no different from what Roger can tell. It's about the same. He's still getting his crunchies regular. He likes the uh, trout now. Trout flavor from whoever it is. I mean, he goes for that trout. Like a, like a, well, like it's a fish. And he's a cat. Cats like fish. They like things that smell bad. Hey, there's a New Jersey joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. I love the Garden State. I think the Garden State's doing good with the COVID-19. I think we're kind of on top of shit here. But man, every time I step out of the house, it's like, what the... What is this we're living in? What is this time? I don't really know. I just want it to be over. Like all of us, I'm just tired of this. It's been four years of Donald Trump thinking about Donald Trump, saying his name every goddamn day. And this week, of course, there was the Axios interview with Jonathan Swan, some Australian, holding Trump's feet to the fire. Far. And the question is really, why don't they all hold his feet to the fire? Why aren't they all able to come back at this moron the way Jonathan Swan did? I'm going to play a little bit of the Axios interview. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but you and I are going to listen to it for a little bit. Later on in the program, I got a special treat for you. I got an original short story of mine. It was in my newsletter. goes out every Tuesday, and it's called See You Next Tuesday. And uh, if you want to get on the mailing list, drop me a line at aerialviewer at me.com. Aerialviewer at me.com. And I'll add you to the See You Next Tuesday mailing list. That would be something, huh? I've been writing these pieces about the five times I've been to Florida. Uh, 1974, 1979, sometime in the mid to late 90s, and then in the 2000s a couple of times. And each time, fraught. Florida, five times. Fraught. I'm trying to think of a title for when I gather all these pieces together. I've got two of them. Just about where I'd like them. Two short stories just about where I like them. And then the other three are hanging around here and there. And you know what I'm finding during the pandemic? That at least when I sit down and write, I don't feel that guilty about it. I was writing away today at the dining room table. Well, God knows what was going on in the neighborhood. Let's just say it involves people making noise. Because peace and quiet, who wants that? Uh, with the chainsaws and the circular saws and the hammering and the banging and the nailing and the screwing and God knows what. The home improvement, you know. Gotta fix things up. You gotta fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Make it better, 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 better. I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'll, I'm just gonna be honest. With my superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff. But I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. You know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. 
I was wondering if this was the same Chris T who does um, the radio show. Because um, if it is, I think your show is really great. Um, but if it isn't, um, I'm sorry to have bothered you. It's never a bother when you call here. 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV, the live line into the studio, the pandemic-era studio. Although I'll admit it, I've been broadcasting from home for for a long time now. I've got a several-year jump, two or three years on the rest of you, doing the desktop broadcasting bullshit podcasting. And uh, I was saying earlier, just a moment ago, that uh, I'm enjoying it now. When I get to sit down, I have a stretch of time to write. One of the things that happens when 30 to 40 million fellow Americans are out of work, you're like, eh, fuck it. Not going to find a job anyway. Fuck it. Might as well stay home and write. And I always wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be someone to call me a writer. I've been published, sure, but now I want a book before I die. I want to put out a book. If it has to be about Florida, so be it. I don't really care. It could be about any number of things, but mostly it'll be about me because it's highly biographical. They say write what you know. So that'll be uh, in about 10 minutes from now. I think it's going to take me about 20 minutes to read this thing, depending on how many mistakes I make. Hopefully there won't be that many. But we got the phones open for a little bit. 760-422-5528 while we listen to uh, Jonathan Swan uh, talk to our idiotic president who spends his time during the interview uh, passing pieces of paper to the uh, reporter which with crap on it about uh, the death rates and... Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's just, I just face plant every time. It's a face plant. But hang in there, 88 days. And I got to say, those of you who are social media friends, I'm addressing you on social media, who are friends of mine, please stop with the Biden is just as bad shit. Please stop with the whole Biden's a rapist and Biden's a racist and... You know, he he was good enough for Obama. He's good enough for me. And and wouldn't have Obama and his team have vetted this guy? Wouldn't we know this stuff by now? I mean, wouldn't it have stuck by now? Oh, here we go. Mr. President, so deferential. Sit down, douche. How about that? Mr. President, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time. Good. Good. And we appreciate your commitment to answer our questions. Sure. Really appreciate that. Over the years, I've heard you talk about your adherence to a philosophy called positive thinking. This is the mantra that if you believe something, if you visualize it, um, then it will happen. To an extent. I also think in terms of the downside. Right. uh, I do. I've I've been given a lot of credit for positive thinking, but I also think about downside because only a fool doesn't. To what extent do you think that that positive thinking mindset is suitable 
to handling the worst pandemic that we've seen in a century? I think you have to have a positive outlook, otherwise you would have nothing without a positive outlook. I think we've done an incredible job between the ventilators and stopping very infected people from China coming in, meaning putting the ban on China, which frankly still, nobody wanted me to do. Still with the ban on nobody, China? It was very early in January. Uh. Uh, then putting the ban on Europe, not an easy thing to do. When you put a ban on Europe, that's a big thing. We would have uh, probably lost hundreds of thousands of lives more had I not done that. <laughs> and all of the experts, every one of them, not one of them wanted to do it. They thought it was too severe. Uh, three months later, they're all saying, I'm glad you did it. The criticism of you that, that is most prominent is about the communication. It's the public health experts saying that it needs to be based in reality. And they're saying that the wishful thinking and the salesmanship is just not suitable at a time when a pandemic has killed... I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Chris, why are you, why are you subjecting us to this? We don't want to hear this. Why are you making us? I'll tell you why. Because what's going on now during the pandemic is, t is something weird is happening to time. Time is collapsing on itself. Time is, is, you think there's time and you turn around and go, oh no, it's 5.45 on Friday night. I got a show in 15 minutes. I, I, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to get in there and cut this up. What are you kidding? I'm simultaneously not doing anything and incredibly busy. Some proportionately greater than we are. Right now, right now, Spain is having a big spike. There are tremendous problems in the world. You look at Moscow, look at what's going on with Moscow, look at Brazil, look at these countries, what's going on. This was sent to us by China, one way or the other. And we're never going to forget it. Believe me, we're never going to forget it. And we were meeting never. China at every single point. Yes. We were beating them on trade. We were, beating, we were making progress like nobody's ever made progress. They had, before the pandemic, they had the worst year, Jonathan, that they've had in 67 years. You know that, with the tariffs and everything else I did. We were taking in billions of dollars. I was giving some of it. To the farmers, the farmers oh, were doing well. Oh, he admits well it. See, the farmers were, were getting the, the farmers. I was targeting China. We were doing good. Then all of a sudden, the game changed, and I had to close it down. I closed down the greatest economy really? ever in history. Really? I, well, wait, the, gr and then the greatest, really? I closed it down, and now we're opening it. And we saved, by the way, by closing it down, we saved millions of lives. If we would have gone to oh. herd... And we knew very little about the, the disease. If we would have gone herd, we would have lost millions of people. Millions of people. One person's too much. We're at 140,000 oh, people. Oh, one person's one person okay, I guess. Is too if it's much. the right person. We're at 140. Who we am I thinking of? Millions of people. And those this people needs more that sound really effects. understand it, they, they really understand it, they said it's incredible, the job that we've done. And again, who, who, says, ban, who said ban, that? Who said that? Banning China who, who, from coming who? in. But it was already it was already in here. By the time it? it was already in here. Like by the time you banned China, it, it came in through you. Nobody knew the extent. Nobody knew how contagious. I'm not, it was. I'm not, but the I think, I think a lot of people knew. Actually, uh, we knew. it's like a nightmare that won't end. Bad. And, you know, All right, listen. There's your teaser. If you didn't, for some reason, you were under a rock last week. This week, I think this thing dropped on Monday. And you didn't hear it. You don't need HBO, by the way. It's out there. It's out there. They want you to see this crap. So that's good. And uh, go find it. You'll enjoy it. In that way that you enjoy running 
spikes into your eyes. That kind of enjoyment. The number here is 760-422-5528. 760-I-CALL-AV. That number in Palm Springs where uh, I'm going to take a guess before I look at my phone to see what the temperature actually is. But I'm going to guess it's in the triple digits in Palm Springs. And uh, 111, 111. I'm going to try that because it's got a nice sound to it. 111. In Palm Springs. I'm sorry. I'm way off. It's only 102 degrees. Way off. But that is uh, the phone number here for a few more minutes. And then I got to get to this short story or we're not going to have time. So if you want to call, call now. Meanwhile, I think this interview is still going on. That speech was the highest rated speech in the history of Fox Television on Saturday night. And nobody says that. I think you misunderstand me. I'm criticizing your ability to draw a crowd. Are well, you kidding me? I'm I've covered you for this. five years. You draw massive I'm crowds, you get this. huge ratings. I'm asking about the public the time, health. And I canceled another one. I had to cancel it. Right. We we're going to have a great crowd in New Hampshire, and I canceled it for the same reason. But here's the question. Let it, me do a little know, house cleaning while this horror show goes on, continues to go on. They listen to you. They listen uh, to we have some new items in the Hound Shop, thehoundnyc.com slash shop, along with the... Axios interview dropping this week. I dropped three, count them, three aerial, aerial view lighters, new old stock lighters that were produced for the WFMU Marathon and uh, that I have a whole stash of down in the basement. And it's time to let them go. Only $24 a piece, same price as Manhattan, same purchase price as Manhattan. So get them while they last, and they're not going to last long. TheHoundNYC.com slash shop and the three styles we got are uh 2016 2015 2014 2014 you got your amadeo 2015 your jack emery taylor and the design on the 2016 is by robert piersanti they look really great chrome plated brass gold toned brass kind of like a zippo but not you know like a cheap zippo what do you want from me so uh, get them there again at thehoundnyc.com slash shop. Why does it got to be so hard to say slash? Slash. Oh, this is such a time, right? Isn't it? Isn't it such a time? Such a time that we're going through. I never thought I would see anything quite like this. And I still think that in the days that remain, the 88 days before the election, and then... Of course, if he leaves office on January 20th, who knows if he will. Uh, a lot of people thinking he, he, he might not. There's still time to destroy the planet as we know it. So, who knows? I have faith that he'll figure out a way. As things get increasingly desperate for him. Do you think I, we have 140,000 people at this moment? It's a very, very yeah. serious situation. And what you have to do is handle it the best it can be handled. And again, I'm working with the governors. I got them tremendous right. amounts of. What else do I want to tell you? Oh, yeah. Hound Hal, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the houndnyc.com on Sunday, and then 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Crashing the party. Mark and Miriam doo-wop chop shop of the air. You got those doo-wops on vinyl. 
Also, mark your calendars, August 29th. Big event coming to you wherever you are. Mermaid Parade 2020. The Talathon. The Talathon is going to be like nothing we've ever tried before at Coney Island, USA. An on air fundraiser for Coney Island, USA. And 50% of the proceeds going to other charities entirely. Eight hours, friends. Eight hours. And uh, right now, registration is finally open. Registration opened yesterday. If you want to register for this mermaid parade, ConeyIsland.com slash MP2020. ConeyIsland.com slash NP2020 is where you can go to find out how you will participate and how you will watch this tailathon. And oh man, I've been in on these planning meetings. Wait till you see what we've got in store for you. It's really going to be something. We're going to do it in the Coney Island style, the way only Coney Island can do it. You know how they do it. Hello. They? Who in the hell is they? (laughs) They? (laughs) Why, they is just plain and fancy they. That's who they is. They? Who the hell is they? All right, who's ready for a nice short story? And uh, I think I am. I'm going to close the phones. The phones are closing. Don't even bother trying to call. All right, so this story is called Magic Kingdom Come, and it concerns my first trip to Florida, and uh, it took place in... uh, 1974. I think that's all you really need to know. The rest is kind of in there. It's kind of in the story, so. After our Sunday baths, we crowded onto my parents' queenside bed to watch the wonderful world of Disney in living color. Mario quickly lost interest. This is for babies. My brother went off to his new bedroom So small, the plaque affixed to the door read, Second Mate's Cabin. Our father fashioned the space from a loft area above the garage when his namesake hit puberty and increasingly resented sharing an 8-foot by 10-foot room. No longer would Mark climb a bunk bed. No longer would I face daily accusations and threats. Who touched my stuff? How would you like me to kill you? And no longer would Mario be our roommate, though he still had much to say about my weight and my glasses and my being the youngest. Goodyear blimp, fatso, tons of fun, blind as a bat, Mr. Magoo, big baby, crybaby, mama's boy. Lately, he'd gone with alliterative elegance. How would you like me to kill you, you fat fuck? Mark and I continued watching TV without Mario. After one of the shows, Tarzan or Davy Crockett or something, there was a long feature about Walt Disney World, the new theme park in Florida. It looked exactly like what they dubbed it, the most magical place on earth. 
from the pirates of the Caribbean to 20,000 leagues under the sea to the haunted mansion to the Grand Prix. Mark and I stared wide-eyed at the 19-inch zenith, saying the same thing again and again. Cool. Our local amusement park, Adventureland, out on Route 110, was okay. A small-scale train looped around the perimeter. There was an indoor arcade and restaurant and a few decent rides packed into an anchor or two. Walt Disney World made it look like dog shit. So when Nana, our grandmother, Evelyn, asked if we wanted to visit the Magic Kingdom that summer, Mark and I lost our minds. Really? Yes, when you're off of school. My mother and father approved of this plan. Having us out from underfoot for even a week could only be good. They'd been at each other more often, locking themselves in their bedroom, my mother's muffled pleading and weeping contrasting with my father's clenched, simmering tone. They fought about money and who should discipline the kids. My father was forever working, first at Trophy Motors, his golf station in West Babylon, and, when that failed, at Lincoln Tech in the Bronx, teaching automotive repair. He'd get home past our bedtime and was barely around on the weekends. Our time with him had reduced to a trickle. When things between my parents got especially tense on South 5th Street, I'd call Aunt Iz, and she'd spin by in her dodge and rescue me. Ten, fifteen minutes later, I'd be on Marconi Boulevard in Copeg at Nana's large house, spending a few refugee hours doing yard work on her corner lot. Or I'd go do other chores around the house. There'd be a 10 or a 20 or a trip to Aesop's Toys for a new G.I. Joe, some Hot Wheels, followed by a savory lunch. Nana was a much better cook than my mom, even if she was only frying a humble hamburger. Her secret ingredient? Not love. Butter. A half a stick if necessary. I'd try to stretch my visits out as long as possible, and if it was Friday or Saturday, <clears throat> I'd beg Nana and Iz to let me stay overnight on the Castro in the front room. The one with the console TV. Now the woman who cherished me most were spiriting Mark and I away for a whole week to the most magical place on earth. The day after school was out for the summer, Mark and I packed suitcases while ordering the main Disney World rides least important to most. I don't care about the spinning teacups or flying dumbos or whatever. Me neither. What about 20,000 leagues under the sea? Yes, Captain Nemo. It looks so cool. Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh-huh. Haunted Mansion? We gotta see the Haunted Mansion. My brother and I disagreed here. I didn't like ghosts. It might be scary. Don't be a baby. I changed the subject. Grand Prix? Yeah, Grand Prix. My brothers and I were car crazy. On shelving above our beds, we displayed our sizable Corgi and Matchbox collections and built up model funny cars, dragsters, stock cars, and open-wheel racers. In the basement... 
We spent hours reconfiguring an Aurora slot car track to incorporate more turns and crossovers and jumps. We each owned multiple model motoring and AFX cars and would modify them to go faster. Speed was our birthright, racing our sport. While many learned of Formula One racing via the movies Grand Prix with James Garner and Le Mans with... <sighs> Le Mans with Steve McQueen. Oh, yes. I still remember being dragged to see that at the drive-in and laying on top of the station wagon. But our education about Formula One came through my father and uncles, especially Uncle Homer up in Katona. His rare aluminum-bodied Alfa Romeos and other Italian racing cars being restored in the barn were the same exotics our dad would say broke my balls. Driving back from upstate with busted knuckles, a scowl, and endless complaints about how Uncle Homer would never fairly compensate him for his work, my father earned the permanent nickname Mario Andretti when my mother tacked it on to slow the hell down, you have kids in the car. I thought, how could it be bad to be the best racer alive? That's what I'd be be Mario Andretti. As soon as we got to Walt Disney World and on the Grand Prix ride, the best go-kart track in the world, Mark and I couldn't wait. Let's just race again and again. We have three days there, three days. Nana and Iz picked us up early on a bright, clear, late June Saturday morning. Is pointed the valiant west on the southern state to the Belt Parkway and over the Verrazano. Like so many residents of Long Island, Staten Island was a mere shortcut to the mainland. Mark and I sat in the back, looking out rolled-down windows. No AC. Excitedly taking New Jersey in until we hit the refinery stretch south of Port Newark. Then we rolled the windows up and held our breath. This would be the longest drive we'd ever taken. Nana and Iz had been back and forth to Florida multiple times. Iz glanced in the rearview mirror and reminded us of that fact. Did you two know I'm from Florida? Yes, Ann Iz. Where? Ocala. Haven't been back since. Iz turned to my grandmother. How long ago, Ev? Just keep your eyes on the road. Mark asked for a cold drink. From the small cooler in the front footwell, Nana extracted a seven-ounce Coke, popped the cap with a church key she kept on a string tied to the cooler, and passed the bottle back to him. Can I get one? She did the same for me. Make them last. We only have a few. I sipped mine slowly while querying my aunt. So when did you move up here? During the war. I ended up at Grumman building warplanes. I met your grandfather and grandmother there. My grandfather, dead of a sudden heart attack well before I was born, was a machinist. Nana and Iz did wiring. And you ended up in Copaig? I needed a place to stay. Been there ever since. Iz moved in as a second floor lodger. Now she shared the first floor bedroom with Nana, and she had for years. Separate twin beds, 
a nightstand between them. Everyone said Aunt Iz and Nana were like an old married couple. They bickered so often we dubbed them the odd couple. Nana's Maltese accent would thicken the longer they fought until she was speaking only Maltese. Iz, frustrated, would shoot her eyes heavenward. Ev, you know I don't understand you. Nana took another Coke from the cooler, opened it, and passed it to Iz. 32 years since you moved in. That's right. I came north in 42. Iz took a sip. Then my fiancé died in the war, and there was no reason to go home. My brother squinted and turned to me. And then he spoke to Aunt Iz. Your fiancé? Yes, he was a flyer, got shot down over Germany. We'd never heard of this fiancé before. It hadn't occurred to us, and is, might have been engaged or, or been with a man. She dressed like one, men's pants, men's shirts, men's undershirts. For all we knew, men's underpants. She also kept her hair cut short and smoked unfiltered Pall Malls. I'd been in stores with Iz and heard her addressed as sir by the employees. She never corrected anyone. We got through New Jersey and Delaware and were into Maryland before we stopped for lunch at a Howard Johnson's. The waitress came over while Mark and I were intently focused on our placemats, punching out the die-cut cardstock to be folded into mini hojos. How y'all doing? Can I take your order? Nana went first. Tuna fit sandwich, French fry, and orange jute. The waitress cocked an eyebrow at Nana's accent and rolled R's. What was that, sweetie? Tuna fish sandwich, French fries, and an orange juice. Iz came to the rescue, adding her own order. Chicken salad sandwich, fries, and a fresca, and butter pecan ice cream for dessert. Butter pecan was Iz's favorite, but she ate any ice cream like it was the last she'd ever taste. Mark and I wanted cheeseburgers deluxe, no tomato on mine, with chocolate shakes and ice cream. Pistachio for me, vanilla for him. While we waited for our food, Iz rooted around in her handbag for the Walt Disney World brochure she'd been mailed. She unfolded it and spread it out on the table. Mark and I put aside our hojos under construction and tried to soak it in. Monorail, Seven Seas Lagoon, Polynesian Island, Main Street, Tomorrowland, Crystal Palace Restaurant, Frontierland, Fantasyland, Cinderella's Castle, Hall of Presidents, It's a Small World, Haunted Mansion, 20,000 Leagues, Pirates of the Caribbean, Grand Prix. Isabel turned to my grandmother. Ev, what do we do first? Nana was busy stuffing packets of sugar, sweet and low, salt and pepper, ketchup and napkins into her handbag. If it was out on the table and she was paying for lunch, it was hers. I don't care. She wouldn't be accompanying us on rides. She'd wait while Iz who had definite ideas on how to vivisect 49 square miles of amusements, chaperoned. Okay, first day, we ride the monorail. I pointed at the map in the brochure. You have to ride the monorail. 
to get from the parking lot. Right. Well, we ride it and we go see Main Street and Cinderella's Castle, then the Hall of Presidents, and it's a small world. My brother groaned. Then we go to Frontierland. The food arrived, Is hurriedly folded the brochure up and stuck it in her bag. It didn't seem that any plan not incorporating multiple hours each day running the Grand Prix was worth a damn. After lunch, we got back on US-95 headed south. I asked Iz for her shell service station map. She passed it back to me. I found our route traced out in red ballpoint pen and followed it with my finger. Are we in Virginia yet? My brother elbowed me. You didn't see the Welcome to Virginia sign back there? What are you, blind, four eyes? It was better than fat fuck. This was Mark and I getting along. Like two feuding tomcats, we'd come together to focus on our common prey, Disney World, while Nana and Iz argued about other in-between stops Iz wanted to make. Ev, we have to go to a Stuckey's for peanut brittle. You and your peanut brittle. And I want to get some boiled peanuts in Georgia. Did we go on this trip to buy peanuts? What about the real live mermaids at Wikiwachi? That's nowhere near where we're going. In Alexandria, the Valiant gave up on us. We'd just filled the tank and were pulling out of a Texaco when the car refused to go forward. Iz asked a mechanic on duty to take a look at it. Lady, this transmission is gone. Can you fix it? Nope. We do oil changes, brake jobs, mufflers. Nothing that big. There's an Amco in town. I could tow it over there. We took our suitcases and everything else out of the Dodge. Iz accompanied the tow truck driver to the Amco transmission shop while the rest of us got a cab to a nearby motel. Mark and I were happy about the ice machine and the courtyard pool and threw courtesy, courtesy buckets full of the former into the latter on the second floor till my grandmother yelled at us. So we went for a swim and played Marco Polo. An hour later, we were back in our room, toweling off pruned skin with the door open when I spied Iz jumping out of the tow truck, flicking away a lit Paul Mall, defeated. She climbed the exterior stairs slowly, and Nana intercepted her on the landing. It's not good. How much? $700. They have to replace the transmission. The old one can't be fixed. $700? My grandmother was livid. This was likely more than the budget for the entire trip. We have to turn around. We get the car fixed, and we go back. And Iz was crestfallen. Mark and I, listening in from the doorway, were in shock. Iz tried something else. Can't we charge it? Charge it? We still have to pay for it. My brother and I couldn't believe this. Not go all the way to Disney World? Not play Captain Nemo? Or a pirate? Or drive Grand Prix? This was becoming a sun-baked nightmare. Look, Ev, I'm working. We can pay it off. I say we get the damn transmission fixed and stick to the plan. After a half hour, Nana somehow relented. Iz had prevailed. 
We'd spend the rest of the day in Virginia while the Valiant was set right, then head south again. Iz walked to a fireworks store nearby and bought some bottle rockets to help us pass the time. Mark and I found a secluded patch of grass behind the motel and quickly exhausted the supply. No one seemed to care or stopped us. The next afternoon, when we retrieved the car and drove down a dirt road away from the Amco, a half-dozen young black kids followed us on their bikes, throwing handfuls of pebbles at the back window. Get the fuck out of here, Whitey! We did. Back on 95, the Dodge ran like a dream. A $700 brand new transmission dream. Nana was still fuming. You think the old transmission was, was really dead? Iz rolled her eyes up toward the headliner, mad. Who knows? I'm not a mechanic. Look at the road, not up there. We'd lost the day to Amco. Mark and I furiously calculated how to stuff it all into the two days remaining for Disney World before Iz was due back at Fairchild Republic in Farmingdale on Monday. There'd be much walking and waiting on lines. We mentally crossed a few ne negotiable rides and attractions off the list. Who cares about the country bear jamboree? And we were left with the hardcore 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, and Grand Prix. When we hit North Carolina, we started seeing the signs. They rhymed and featured a short, squat fellow with a big mustache, bigger sombrero, and wearing a poncho. Pedro says, Is de big one, and implored us repeatedly to stop. Well, Ev, we should stop anyway and get some lunch. You just want to buy more junk. Just into South Carolina, we found it. South of the border. We had a crappy lunch, bought junk and fireworks, and posed for pictures with Pedro. Is camera buff and designated documentarian isn't in any pictures. Nana is, smiling. But ever since we left Virginia, her demeanor had soured. Not is. The nearer we got to Florida, the more excited she became. In Georgia, she spied a boiled peanut sign and made a beeline for the gas station, selling them. Gas station? You're going to buy boiled peanuts at a gas station? Nana didn't get it, nor did Mark and I. Why would you boil peanuts? Why would you buy those boiled peanuts from a gas station? For Iz, memory beckoned. She went into the dirty gas station office and soon emerged with three small striped paper bags. Passing one through the passenger side window to my grandmother, she found her hands swatted away. I don't want any. Hang on, Ev. I'm putting on my sunglasses. You almost knocked my sunglasses to the ground. Iz clambered into the driver's seat and passed two bags back to Mark and me. We untwisted the bags and dug out warm, gloppy handfuls of boiled peanuts. We simultaneously popped them into our respective waiting maws and simultaneously spit them out the nearest open window. Ew. Gross. Is happily munching away, looking in the rearview mirror, her partially buried southern accent reasserting itself, said, Y'all don't know what you're talking about. I'll take them if you don't want them. We passed our bags up to her and pestered Nana for cold drinks to wash the taste out of our mouths. How much further? We were getting impatient. 
We have to get through Georgia. We'll stop for the night and go to Disney in the morning. I chugged my Coke, hoping its acidity would scrub my tongue free of boiled peanut. It was getting dark as we crossed into Florida. Iz regaled us as Nana slept, her head resting on the passenger window, wig askew. Do you kids know what moonshine is? My brother and I looked at each other. He spoke up. Like when the moon is shining? And Iz chuckled. Moonshine is alcohol. There were moonshiners and they'd make the alcohol and I'd transport it. They'd put me in a fast forward with a rumble seat. That's where the moonshine was. And they gave me a cute little nickel-plated pearl-handled revolver. I tried to envision Ann Iz with a pistol and couldn't. Like I couldn't picture her with a man. Why you? You should have seen me when I was a teenager. Blonde hair, baby face. No one suspected me. I'd run the moonshine up into Georgia. Never got stopped. Never. It was probably good Nana was dead asleep. I fell asleep too. Awakened before long by another brotherly elbow jab in the ribs. Hey, wake up. Look at this. Groggy, I checked the Timex on my wrist, the one I'd been gifted by Nana prior to the trip. It was 3 a.m. Everyone else was awake, alert. The windows were down, and it smelled of dirt and decay. I squinted out my window into a dark I hadn't yet experienced. With no other vehicles in sight, the Dodge's headlights were all that illuminated a blue-black alien landscape. Thick, twisted trunk trees with low canopies of hanging moss stretched away from both sides of the road as far as you could peer. When I saw a cabin set way back off the highway, orange-yellow glow within, a chill ran through me. Who the hell lives there? I was no longer groggy. Now I was frightened. What if we break down again right here? Hey, Iz? Yes, dear? Where are we? We're in the Okefenokee Swamp. The what? The Okefenokee Swamp. She handed me the shell map. I traced with my finger until I found it. This thing goes on forever. Then I noticed US-95 way off to the east. Why did we get off the highway? Because this road puts us in Ocala by the morning. I was scared, but my brother was fascinated by the swamp. This thing is cool. I want to live here. My grandmother peeled an orange. You want to live in a swamp? Sure, I could get one of those fan boats, like on Flipper. Not me. I'm not living in a swamp, even with a fan boat. As the sun came up, we made it into Ocala. Iz drove by our old house and parked. Doesn't look like I remember it. Nana couldn't take it any longer. Can we get to a hotel now? She was in need of a shower and a bed. Iz was disappointed. No one felt like reminiscing with her. Her eyes shot up to the sun visor. Fine. She gunned the Dodge towards Orlando and we were on the outskirts by noon, checking into a day's inn. It had climbed into the 90s and the AC was manna from heaven. I took off my Timex, put it on the nightstand, got into my bathing suit and headed to the pool with Mark. He was pissed. Why aren't we going to Disney World already? You could practically see it from here. I know. I know. He dunked his head beneath the water and came back up, shaking off like a dog. Because Nana needs some sleep, that's why we're not going right now. 
Yeah, well, if Iz didn't make us stop at her stupid house in stupid Ocala, Iz is the reason we didn't turn around in Virginia. I guess so, but this sucks. It did suck. Our three days in the Magic Kingdom, down to one. To placate us, Iz drove us to a few nearby roadside attractions while Nana slept. Orlando had more than enough one-off wastes of time and money to keep us distracted. One place was full of coin-operated amusements. Another had famous Floridians in wax. A third featured Elvis memorabilia. None were the main attraction. Back at the day's end, Nana was up and feeling better. She agreed to Iz's plan. We get up first thing and head to Disney World. Be there when it opens. We stay until dinner. We eat, get back on the road. I think I can make it to North Carolina before we have to stop for the night. I couldn't sleep, thinking how near it was and how great it would be, if even for just a day. We got up with the sun, got dressed, ate breakfast, and hustled to Disney World as they opened. On the monorail from the parking lot, I noticed my Timex was missing. I begged to return to the hotel when we were done, but it would ruin the plan. I'm sorry, my love. We checked out of the hotel. I'll get you another watch. Onward, ever onward. This is what we'd been waiting for. I don't remember when it started raining, but I do recall the first of a half dozen park workers who advised me about Florida's weather in that accent. Sugar, it rains all the time down here, but it's quick. And then it's over. Then the sun comes out. Yeah. No. It rained constantly, on and off. Then the blazing hot sun would blast you for five minutes. Sometimes the rain would be a trickle. Other times, torrential. But the humidity hovered around 90% the entire time. Folks, I regret to tell you all the following rides are closed today. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Grand Prix. I stood beneath an awning and a lemonade stand watching my first hummingbird hover before me. I felt like swatting it the way Nana had swatted away Iz's boiled peanuts. I began to cry. Why? Why are all the rides closed? And Iz rubbed my shoulder. I guess they don't run them in the rain, sweetie. My brother piped up. But real drivers wouldn't stop because of rain. Even I knew this wasn't the real Grand Prix. None of this was real. It was all plastic, made-up bullshit that didn't work in the rain. I threw my lemonade in a garbage can as the rain came down harder. What rides can we go on? I guess anything that's indoors? Off to the haunted mansion we trundled, a stand in a covered line for an hour. When we finally get on the ride, I nearly shit my pants after a ghost somehow materializes between Iz and Mark and me during the only ten seconds I open my eyes. The rain eventually stops, but they still won't open the Grand Prix or anything we'd driven all this way to see. We ended up going on the baby rides, like they had at fucking Adventureland back in fucking Farmingdale. After dinner, we left Disney World and got on the road. I pouted most of the way home, and I honestly don't remember much of the return, except for how I would glance at my wrist not knowing what time it was anymore 
wondering who in the hell had my watch. When we got back to South 5th Street, my father had moved out for good. All right, thanks for indulging me with that there thing. And uh, sorry for the stumbles, but that's what happens when you do it live. We'll do it live. Don't forget, uh, The Hound is back on uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on The Hound, NYC.com. And then you've got Crashing the Party, the doo-wop chop-shap of the air with Mark and Miriam. You got those doo-wops on vinyl. Go to TheHoundNYC.com slash shop to get your hound t-shirt or aerial view lighter and don't forget to register for the mermaid parade 2020 the talathon at coneyisland.com slash np2020 i'll see you again next week and tell your friends this here podcast uh, aerial view is also a podcast available apple podcast google play spotify stitcher and all that bullshit receipt from the driver. Have a perfect day.